Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today, my conversation is with Katherine Thompson, who is an inspiring consultant dietitian who has a passion for health and fitness because of her own personal struggles with an eating disorder. Today's episode is sponsored by Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn, where my guests and I get to snack smart and snack happy with Jolly Time Popcorn. To learn more about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com. Go on over and check out my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, available on my website, annelizabethrd.com, and you can also get it in an ebook on Amazon and on iTunes. Catherine is someone I have had the joy of collaborating with on different projects involving school nutrition and health. I remember the first day I met Catherine and her smile and energy was completely contagious. As I have gotten to know her over the years, we've developed a great friendship and I learned more about her journey to being a registered dietitian nutritionist. She has had an eating disorder and opens up about how she realized she needed treatment. Her biggest influence in her decision to become a dietitian was discovered during her personal recovery. Please enjoy my conversation with Catherine. you when you were younger and you were kind of thinking about what you wanted to be when you grew up. And tell me about how you kind of got interested in dietetics. Well, when I was younger, there was a lot of other factors that came into play of who who I am, who I was. Um, I suffered from a terrible eating disorder for many years. Um, When I graduated from high school, I actually uh, went to school to um, a culinary arts school and um, because I wanted to be around food all day every day. And <laughs> Where was of, the culinary it school? It was the Des Moines Area Community College. Okay. Very good program. Um, although, you know, my, my interests in the program were largely led by my eating disorder. And um, it was a couple years after graduating from DMAC that I um, sought help and um, ended up in a dual dependency treatment center that um, helped me address my issues. And the dietitian that was there played such a huge role in my recovery. And I was just absolutely amazed with, you know, her knowledge about um, nutrition and health and wellness. And, And I thought, you know what, if I could help someone someday as much as she has helped me, just one person, I will have accomplished my life goal. And so it was It was her um, that... What was her name? Her name was Deb, and I can't remember her last, last name. name. I can't remember. Um, but she was just an amazing influence on me. And um, so I enrolled in Iowa State just, gosh, months after completing that treatment program and stayed, of course, in aftercare for several months after that um, and really was on a road to good health, good thinking, good um, living uh, when I went to Iowa State. And it was a struggle. School never came easy to me. (laughs) Grades were tough, but 
you know, I, I knew that my recovery was first and foremost mm -hmm. and school came second and I, um, graduated right on time and completed my internship and did you your internship with Iowa State as well yeah I did yes. my internship with Iowa State so um great school had good ex you know, so good when experience. you talk about like your love for food and how that was what kind of made you want to do culinary mm -hmm. how did food change from that point in your life to the positive point in your life right food was once a tool to fuel my eating disorder now I view food as fuel for my body to it's for my health it's for my well-being it's something that I consume so that I can have shiny hair so that I can have clear skin so that I can you know have strong muscles mm -hmm. so making sure to get all those food components for myself you know but then that's what I you know teach and preach and and um you know, share that message with others too. So, um, food is meant to be fuel for our bodies, not to use as fuel for an addiction because we have a society now where many, many people are over consuming and they don't realize that they're eating out of a nervous habit or, um, to try and drown some kind of um, anxious feeling or sadness or sorrow. So really, you know, becoming familiar with how much, what, and why is, is very important to me. And I think that's a really good point about how people are using food to mask other things that are going on in their lives. And do you recognize that as, you know, someone that has gone through that with your own patients and your own clients that you have now? I do recognize that. I do um, some bit of consulting on the side just as an independent consultant. And um, yes, I, I can recognize those characteristics, you know, with, with even people in conversation and just, you know, kind of viewing their lifestyle from the outside. Um, I can r recognize that they've, they've got an eating addiction. And I can be there as a friend, as mm -hmm. a support for them, but it really, until they truly view themselves as having a problem that needs help, um, it's really um, kind of detrimental to the relationship with that person oh, sure. to push and probe. Um, so, you know, being, I, I think being a positive role model and living life how um, I think should be healthy. And for me, that's, you know, exercise, eating right, taking care of yourself, drinking plenty of water, getting good sleep, um, addressing concerns and issues in your life. Um, to me, that's healthy. And that's what I hope others see and try to mirror and mold their life. And if they need help, in addition to you know, whatever their situation is, then I'm you're there. I'm there. Yeah. Well, and that's probably mm -hmm. true for your own self because mm -hmm. you didn't recognize it until right. a certain point in your life. And then you sought out that help and that recovery. And you wouldn't probably be a dietitian today if you never would have oh, done no, that. I no. Wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, and I wouldn't be, I mean, I, I teach fitness classes on the side. So I have a real, you know, keen interest in you know, what we, what we eat and what we do and, and how we take care of ourselves as a whole. So, um, it's a balance of both. Balance. Sure. So you graduated from Iowa state, you did your yes. internship. How'd you like your internship? I did. I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I had, um, by that time I had 
met my husband. We, he was, uh, we were engaged at that time, but I, I didn't want to leave Iowa State, or, you know, at least the central Iowa area. And, you know, with the internship being available to me, um, I was very excited about being a part of the Iowa State um, internship program. And fortunately, it was a good experience for me. Made some great friends, um, friends that I still have today. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Was your husband going to school at the yeah. same time, he was, same place? Yes. yes. I was <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So another mm-hmm. great thing that came out of you going yes. to be a dietitian, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. And now our son is up there at Iowa State. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all trick. It's all coming back, right? Full, Full circle. circle. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you completed your internship. What was your first kind of job? And right. Um, so many, many years ago, before we had high beat dietitians, um, they had a, just a corporate wellness program where they had a dietitian and a team of other uh, people who did um, wellness screenings for the employees. And so I actually started out as one of the dietitians that would do site visits at the various Hy-Vee stores. Um, and I, I didn't stay very long because it, it was just a very part-time job. Um, and then a job at um, a retirement community in, in the community that I was living in um, opened up. So I um, worked in long-term care for a while as the uh, dietitian and food service director, which oh, wow. was you a did both. great fit for me. I really enjoyed that a lot, um, but it was a lot of hours. Was it, were you on call? Like, were you kind of like on call? Cause you were like the only person. So right. you had to be available all the time. If, if the morning cook was sick or didn't show up, <laughs> you I would get up. that phone call at <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. And so, um, did yeah. you have to go cook them? Were you the chef for oh, the yeah. day? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I, I, I fulfilled that role as well. <laughs> you know, took care of inventory, took care of ordering, took care of, you know, any kind of um, patient concerns. Um, it was also a um, independent and assisted living facility. So we had some, you know, special types of activities to um, to to do with the clients, you know, um, doing like a social hour where they'd have fancy cookies or cakes and kind of an upscale living facility. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was fun in that respect too, but, a different challenge than just being a, a dietitian, and I was grateful at the time for my experience with the culinary um, background. So sure, well, was, yeah, that was yeah, a good fit yeah, for you. Then. Very good fit. Mm-hmm. That's a, I think that's a pretty big undertaking as a pretty new dietitian, right? To have all of those things that you were in charge yes. of. And I was, I was, I did, I, I felt like I did a great job. We had a deficiency-free um, review um, my first year in it, and I thought, well, this is. This is all right, but I, I just couldn't stick with the the hours. The hours. I mean, it was a salaried position, but I was just working, you know, 60, 60, 75, 70 hours a week, and it just was more than I could. That's a lot. With. And yeah. you're probably a newlywed too. I was sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's a lot to mm-hmm. to balance that work life yeah. balance too. Yeah. So then I um I found a job working with the dairy council, which was fantastic. I just really really enjoyed. Uh, working at the Dairy Council. What'd you do of, with the Dairy Council? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of emphasis on um, school food service programming, you know, with the the importance of teaching our students, our, our kids at a young age, the importance of dairy foods and 
um, calcium and working with health professionals, working with media, um, doing a lot of um, community speaking, um, being responsive to any um, consumer questions, um, the development of educational materials. Um, it was wow. A that's lot, a lot. <laughs> a lot of fun stuff, and um, that that job came to an end when um, there was a little bit of a change transition in the industry itself, or I should say, the organization where. I, I just couldn't service five states. Oh, you you had yeah. five states. What uh, states well, did you have well, then? I, I, I did have 30 counties in Iowa. Wow. And then it was changing to cover five states. And I had two little kids, <sighs> two ba a baby and a two and a half year old at home. So I just, oh my I, I, I stuck it out for two or three months and I just, it was too much of a change in my job for me to um, be able to, to give to it balance. Yeah. To balance. Yeah. With a young family. So, so how did you go from 30 counties to five state? That's a huge jump. In right. So, so initially my job was servicing all those various areas that I had mentioned, you know, health professionals, community, school food service. Um, we did media spots, that type of thing. Um, so what they wanted or what the plan was, was for us to focus on, just one area to become more of an mm. expert in one area and for me it was school food service so instead of being that voice for 30 counties of all those different areas it was i was the voice for five states, states in the food, food school school food service sure. programming did you like mm -hmm. the variety? You probably enjoyed the variety. I enjoyed the variety. Of all the different things I than did. just one thing. Right. Although for me, I, I've always been very much into preventative nutrition. So school food service was exciting for me in that respect that I wanted to form, to have a, a role in forming those young minds. Which is exactly what, yes. you know, I think there's a lot more focus on that now too. Right. So you are actually ahead of your time. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how long were you with the Dairy Council then? I was with them for about four and a half, five years. Okay. So quite a while. Um, back in the late nineties, early 2000. Yeah. So a while. Mm -hmm. And so what, where was the next steps? Well, the next steps was I just took a step back into being a mom for a few years. And awesome. on the side, I was providing some um, oh, different consulting um, ish, uh, help with um, local daycare centers that aren't as strictly regulated as food service programs, at least at the time they weren't. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that for a while, but then I was you know, working here and there um, at the local YMCA doing some wellness coaching for them just because of my interest in activity and fitness. And um, so I would do my little three or four hours a week just so that I'd have my Y membership. And, you know, I could <laughs> so you could work my, out. I could get my, <laughs> yes, get my workout in and still be a part of a community. Um, and that was, that was a great addition for me. And that it helped me learn more about, you know, the human anatomy. I took some group fitness um, courses, became certified as a, as a personal trainer um, and, you know, other fitness modalities that really taught me more about the body and, you know, how 
we fuel our body so that we can perform in you know various capacities so um, i really saw this you know relationship between like i've said what we eat and what we do just become even just more important to me mm -hmm. and um, have done some various nutrition programs for um, the local YMCA. Um, and so is that kind of really where you got your interest in more of your physical fitness and exercise yes. and well I had been active all my life I was I was a dancer I when figured I was you were <laughs> you danced yeah, yeah I was a dancer I did the tap ballet jazz and you know competition dancing for what it was back in that day we don't have um or at the back in the time that's not near what competition dance is today but um I I did do that um and enjoyed it a lot but really you know through my college years I was spending more time on me staying healthy mm -hmm. and really finding that balance between what you eat and what you do is very important for someone who's recovering from an eating disorder I'm sure. because it can become, you know, uh, a, an issue for compulsive exercising. So when I teach multiple classes in a day, you won't see me out there going all out. I'm an instructor. I teach the participants what to do, how to do it properly and, and their biggest cheerleader in the room. So that balance, I've, I've found that, um, and it works for me. Did you struggle with that initially at all? Did you have any issues kind of over-exercising when you kind of started becoming a little bit more passionate about fitness? I didn't because um, I never had um, compulsive exercising tendencies um, when I was practicing my eating disorder. Um, it was never a area of concern for me, but I was aware of it just mm -hmm. as though I'm aware of everything. You know, if you are drawn to or have an addictive nature, I mean, you, you're drawn to things that maybe might harm you, mm -hmm. maybe things that are good for you too, but you know, you have to watch that it's not becoming an excess and, and controlling your life. That's, mm -hmm. do you mind me asking when you talk about your eating disorder, did mm -hmm. you have more of the anorexia nervosa or did you have more of the bulimia? Yes. Well, a combination. Combination. I, I was anorexic for um, about a year and a half and then um, it switched to bulimia and yeah, then it, it was that for, for the remaining six years, but then also alcohol consumption. Okay. And that's where the dual dependency came for me that, um, I found that drinking really numbed me and I didn't have to think about who I was or how badly I was treating my body with the eating disorder. And it really went hand in hand. So that's basically how you know that that obsessiveness can sure. you kind of it's just always you're, you're teetering on it. A lot of people probably are, but A lot of people. you have to be aware of exactly oh. right. That's mm -hmm. amazing that you've figured right. it out. You know, that's amazing because a lot of people never figure that out. Figure that out. You'll hear people talk about, well, you know, I quit smoking and I gained 40 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just one addiction has just melted into the other. Um, and I have to be very aware of things in my life that, you know, I could become, mm -hmm. you know, you're strong. You are a strong, smart cookie. <laughs> I have you. to say, because that is hard. I mean, like you yeah. said, the food, you know, food is always available to everybody. And so mm -hmm. it is very common that it right. becomes a very easy, addictive mm -hmm. thing for people. Well, and 
for me, um, it's easy to not pick up a glass of alcohol or a drink. Um, you just don't. But you have to pick up a fork. And to teach your body that this is how much I need for my health is, is huge. And to know when to stop. To know when to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that's a great I think that's a that's gonna be your your quote that's right (laughs) so you so it's kind of currently what you started working with the YMCA is that kind of what you've been doing for the last few years of your career right for for the last 12 14 years I have been teaching fitness classes which has really just blossomed into some great opportunities for me I have um, taught some, I'm, I'm working with some different corporate wellness programs, um, teaching fitness classes, um, a local community college. Um, I'm actually, I'm, um, uh, very excited about the opening of, um, the Des Moines area community college, uh, trail point facility where, um, I'll be teaching fitness classes. And I, I also have done some speaking events at the, uh, uh monthly lunch and learns that they have for staff and faculty. And I have one coming up this week where I'll be, um, doing healthy eating on a budget. So that that little seed that I planted at the YMCA just really kind of grew into many more opportunities, both um, with fitness, uh, wellness, and then of course being a dietitian and being that voice for um, consumers who have questions about diet or um, you know how about this one's going to be about how to eat you know on a budget, healthy eating on a budget. So um, that, but then the I think the biggest and funnest thing that I have done with my career has it started about seven and a half years ago with a partnership with um, the Iowa Department of um, Education and the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics Foundation where um, some great opportunities to make some changes and influence what's happening in our schools in Iowa and um, I've been the head RDN coach for um, various programs throughout the years, um, been integral in planning and preparing and carrying out the programs, doing some research along with it with um, Iowa State um, and with the Healthy Weight Commitment Foundation. So it's really been a great fit for me because I just love being in there and teaching those little minds what to do or being an influence. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to what you were kind of doing at the Dairy Council. So you're kind of back into the school and Mm -hmm. you said you've done it for about seven and a half years, which we've done it together for a few years, (laughs) just a few. Right. But your role has been a little different because I've been the, one of the dietitians you've coordinated. So how, how do you feel like the programming has gone and have you seen results and is that exciting? It, It is exciting because because I do see change in even in the, the community that I community that I live in here, um, the influence that um, dietitians have had in schools, um, the little bit of change that I was able to make at one of the local elementary buildings, and how that maybe trickles up, trickles down. I don't know which way it's trickling, but it's, <laughs> it's trickling somewhere. Exactly, <laughs> um, knowing that you know we have impacted you know how food is maybe being served, um, helped those schools secure um, funding through the Healthier U.S. School Challenge Award, um, what enables them to purchase other 
um, you know, nutrition-related uh, either education modules or or equipment for their you know school food service program, um, but definitely um, influenced how the kids are eating, the choices that they're making. You know, and, and every day that I, well, I shouldn't say every day, every time that I meet with a food service director about you know the different national regulations, um, oh, I didn't know that, you know, and. I'll need to make sure to do that now. So it's it's a way that you know I feel we're just carrying those um, those national programs a step further and, and getting that word out a little bit more about what is expected of them in their role. So well, and I, I think the school nutrition program has it changed and evolved even since we started. Right in the last seven years, it has evolved so much, and I just feel so terrible about how you know, so many food service programs, school food service programs have gotten such a bad rap Mm -hmm. over the years. And, you know, they really do provide a nutritious meal. Um, And it is very challenging to provide a nutritious meal when you have um, X number of dollars to do that. And it has to taste good. (laughs) It has to be presentable. It has to be able to be held for a certain number of, you know, minutes or hours in a, in a, you know, steam table. It has to be able to be transported and meet, you know, whatever the school's budget is for, you know, their central kitchen. And there's just so many battles that a school food service director has to, you know, has up against them. So And to not have that guidance, because I think that's where as a dietitian going into a school, you do kind of look at it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Whereas a school food service director is a lot of times just looking at just trying to get the meal on the table mm-hmm. for the kids and mm-hmm. doing the best that they can. Right, right. Meet the regulations, get the meal on the table, but you know, how can we make it taste better <laughs> or, you know, more presentable and yeah. Incorporate some different foods that they've maybe never tried before mm-hmm. and yep. maybe talked about the healthier US school challenge for our listeners. Cause I don't think a lot of people know about that actual sure. challenge. Yes. The um healthy US school challenge or healthier US school challenge award and um, we we fondly call it the Husk Award. <laughs> so familiar it's, with that. <laughs> yes, it's a USDA. Um, it's an optional award application process that schools that go above and beyond what is required of them as a school food food service program. It's an optional award that they can strive for that then receives um, national recognition and a monetary incentive based on um, what levels of improvements or advancements or um, different benchmarks that they were able to achieve. There's a bronze award that's kind of our, our base award where it's a $500 stipend that comes, or it's not stipend, award that comes back to the school, um, $1,000 for the silver award, $1,500 for gold, and then we have a gold award with distinction um, for schools. Um, that's a $2,000 award. But um, that we look at uh, like the number of PE minutes that the, the students receive in um, a week's time. We look at the breakfast and um, lunch 
participation rates. Uh, we look at um, P or excuse me, um, breaks happening within the classroom that we fondly call brain breaks. Mm -hmm. We look at nutrition education that's being taught within every classroom or every grade level um, in that building. Um, so a, a district can apply as a whole, or it can be just an individual building application. So we've we've done. A little bit of both, primarily just a building application. And of course, Anne, you're familiar with that. Yes. <laughs> you have helped many schools in the state Get of those Iowa awards. Um, with those awards, but um, it's really um, a great thing for schools to be recognized when they are going above and beyond. Um, some new criteria was added in just a couple years ago. It's a you know, other areas of excellence. So looking at, you know, does the school have a school garden? Do they um, you know, participate in some snack programs? Do they have a, you know, uh, are there their food service staff? Do they receive additional training beyond what is required for them? So um, another great piece added to that application process that really shows what some schools are, are doing above and beyond what is required of them. And I'm sure you've noticed too, but I think there are so many schools that are doing great things that don't even know really yes. what they're doing. And I think this highlights that yeah, a lot. And I, I just can't say enough about how, you know, the different grant opportunities and funding opportunities for schools to, to bring in like a gardening program mm -hmm. or, you know, some type of, um, um, maybe it's a field trip to a to an apple orchard or to the local grocery store but you know all of those things require require funding mm -hmm. and to have those uh, like i say grant opportunities out there for schools it's it's um an amazing thing well you i i think you've enjoyed doing this program yes, I mean I and you're still doing all the other things that you're doing too you're doing right. both mm -hmm. what else or what else are some things that you enjoy doing just oh, personally I, personally I enjoy my family so much I enjoy my siblings I enjoy my siblings children I I when we plan to do trips or vacations <laughs> I want to do them with them um I love doing things and being with my kids. Um, my son now is at Iowa State and he, um, you know, I miss him, but he's close. <laughs> he is close. And, it's only, what, know, an hour away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the whole not having soccer to go watch this year has been really tough because, you know, I was the mom that made the, the banquet um, end of the season banquet videotape and had the whole montage of, of pictures <laughs> and, and had the background music with, you know, the latest and greatest pump me up music going. And so I'm going to miss that. And uh, my daughter is involved with competitive dance. And of course that being something that was near and dear to my heart sure. when I was young, um, that's, you know, has been that's kind of full circle me. again for you too to yeah. get to enjoy that with her. It is, yeah, and we we have a good time together, and I really, you know, I enjoy that relationship a lot. It's it's important, I think, for for parents to um, listen to their kids and be able to talk with their kids and steer clear of preaching to their kids. Just be a role model, be an example for them that, you know shows health and happiness and you know making good choices 
Well, you've obviously, I think just talking with you too, I think your two passions are obviously being a dietitian, <laughs> but also family. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good point for right. dietitians right. to find that balance between family time and personal time and right. being a role model for your family. Yeah. And Well, this past year was, it was a tough year. My, my husband um, had a liver transplant just, it's been 11 months ago. And, you know, it was a wow. life-changing um, event for all of us. And the things in life that we maybe took for granted, you know, the time spent together, you know, you just don't do that anymore. And when we try to, you know, make time count on the weekends, we, we invested when, when he became ill, we uh, kind of did some soul-searching and made some changes in you know, how we spend our extra time and we made it work that we bought just a little lakefront property down in, you know, south west Iowa and spend a lot of weekends on the lake and just enjoying life. And um, it's been a great place to be now as a family and for him to, to recover and um, yeah. That's definitely something that will put yeah. your perspective on life, won't exactly. it? Exactly. We were just talking not too long ago about the story that you said when you got the phone call that your husband was very sick and uh. you were teaching a fitness class. <laughs> and what was the first thing that went through your head? The first thing that went through my head when I got that phone call from my daughter that the ambulance was, was at our house was, oh my goodness, I need to finish teaching this fitness class. I felt this extreme commitment to the people in the class and that I shouldn't leave. And they were all like, well, you, you've got to go. We're good here. You just go take care of your family. But, you know, I was really torn between taking care of them and taking care of my family. And then it wasn't too much longer after that that we did get the call that the liver came in. And it was, you know, no, no questions asked. We were on the road and, were gone. and gone out of here, you know, and relying on my two kids to take care of the house. Mm -hmm. And that was, well, that was, that was hard, but I knew they could do it. They were strong. Well, cause you taught them and you were a good <laughs> role model, but I think that's funny how you had that first mindset was to finish the class. And I think right. a lot of dietitians in general, we always are putting our our patients and our customers and our clients first before our own right. needs. They, and they darn your head to kick they had a probably classroom. <laughs> we'll take care of this. You just get with your family. Oh, we are such caretakers. I think as a, a lot of our profession, we're very much caretakers of other people, but we tend not to take care of ourselves enough. So right. I think you send a very good message about mm -hmm. how that's very important just along your whole life mm -hmm. that you've yeah. had to pay more attention right. to you. Yeah for your own health, not just food related, but just mental health and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You probably sit here and go, oh my gosh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how did I do all this? <laughs> right. Well, and you know, I've kind of, I think things continue to evolve, um, you know, with each year, a lot of what I do with as a dietitian is, is funded through grants. So I, you know, I hope and pray that things will keep coming through on that end. Um, and if they don't, I know that I will continue to find opportunity to to be um, active as a dietitian and um, other things that are healthy for for you <laughs> for for me yes and others yeah. 
Well, that's mm-hmm. that's good. And I was going to ask what what the future holds for Catherine. You're just kind of. I'm kind of in a limbo place right now, knowing that this this year will be the final year with the Department of Education. Um, although we do have some things that are in the works with the Department of Public Health, so I'm hopeful that you know that we will see some opportunity there. Um, I've also. Um, you know, looking at some other opportunities, doing some public speaking and, you know, with various areas of um, health, wellness, nutrition. Um, I also um, have be- become a Rodan and Field skincare consultant um, just because it's something that has, you know, will maybe fit into my life. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, um, you know, I may not always be able to, you know, be here to punch in a clock just just sure. based on the last year you know I sure uh, but I still I'll still have bills to pay and relying on an income that um, I know will be steady um, and especially I especially with kids some, in college yeah with kids in college <laughs> and an income that I know will grow in a product that I believe in um, so I will always be pursuing ways to stay healthy to look as long, young as I feel <laughs> That's I like that. I like. Hey, whatever will do that for you is positive. Although appearances aren't everything, they they it's not really what we should be focusing on. But um, that doesn't help to feel good about the outside matching the inside. That's right. That's a good thing. Yeah. So when you think about I, because I would I would kind of put you as an independent contractor with most of your career for the last over couple decades probably what are some tips that you would have for maybe dietitians that are looking for those opportunities like how do you find those opportunities well fortunately a lot of those opportunities have just kind of you know happened there was you know of course a time where I really wasn't actively pursuing them um because of being kind of the stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. and just kind of dabbling in little things here and there Um, but when that time presented that I was looking for um, opportunity. Um, well, I, I did work with actually with the University of Iowa for a short stint there, doing some um, correspondence coaching, wellness coaching over the phone with um, one of their client or one of their client groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so that opportunity was there. Was definitely consulting um, as an independent contractor, and um, then the opportunities with the Department of Health and Department of Education just kind of happened just because I happened to be looking at the, you know, different job openings and so forth. So um, I think if I were actively pursuing it, though, um, sometimes you have to just go out and make it happen. Be in the public. Exactly. Prove that um, nutrition, dietetics, wellness, being healthy is important. It is you know, statistically proven in many, <laughs> many areas that, you know, what we're eating and how we're taking care of ourselves, you know, um, there's a decrease in absenteeism mm-hmm. and, you know, we're more productive. Um, so yeah, marketing ourselves. Um, and sometimes I think you do have to, you know, you being in the public and being at the Y mm-hmm. and being in those fitness areas and then having your people connection to mm-hmm. you figuring out, oh, she's a dietitian, she's a nutrition expert. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to be right. that public figure, like you said. I think right. that's really important. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think opportunities will come. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's one thing that I haven't really had to do yet. And it's definitely an area that I could take is, um, you know, seeking um 
different people that I'm doing consulting with just because I haven't had time to, mm -hmm. to dabble in that. But um, I could see that as being a part of my future too, where, you know, if, if, if I don't have other little contracts going on that I would definitely want to work independently with, um, with, with, with people. Mm -hmm. You're so good with people. Oh. I think you are. I just, you just have a knack to just re be relatable. Yeah. And that's well, so important you. too. I think I, well, I love working with you. You're really, well, I know. you're great to work with too. So yeah. <laughs> do you have a fun dietitian story from your past that, or something that was impactful to you as being a dietitian? Impactful to me. Or funny, or you know, just I, <laughs> darn. I wish I had a great story. <laughs> Doesn't have to be great. Maybe even it's your own. Thing, your oh, own. <laughs> I got See, one. We, I figured there'd be one in there somewhere. Oh no, this is this is it. Just it's related to my husband and his recent um, liver transplant, and um, you know, throughout the years, you you know. I, I've never been one to push or probe or tell what to do or you know, when it comes to eating, just providing food, whatever. <laughs> whatever that <laughs> <it> is. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not one to prepare a regular meal, though, but the, the good stuff is in the refrigerator, though. If, <laughs> if anybody you know, wants if anybody to. If anybody wants to eat a good meal, it's there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just as busy as the next person in this house. Um, but anyway, it was um, post transplant about eight months and some of his blood work was a little bit off and we had to have or he had to have a biopsy done and um, just to see if the liver was being rejected or what was happening mm -hmm. and um, my husband had fatty liver disease and when he left the hospital right after the transplant the doctors had said now you, you can just eat whatever you want to you know, you need to gain weight because he had lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. He just needed to gain his strength back. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, we're going to do this a different way. So the, the results from the biopsy were very good, but we're showing indications that, you know, once you have fatty liver disease, even though you have someone else's liver or you're, you're, you have a new liver, um, you're still predisposed to fatty liver disease. And so they were cautioning him to um, cut back on, you know, the fat intake and just watching, getting, you know, more vitamin E and so forth. And um, they said, now, if it would be helpful to you, we could refer you to a dietitian in your area. <laughs> his response, I think I know where one lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's positive that they did say you might want to talk to right. a dietitian. So that was good. Yes. But they yes. must not have knew that you were a no, dietitian. Not not that particular doctor. <laughs> no. A lot of the nurses, mm -hmm. you know, quickly learned, you know, who I was and what I did for a living. And, you know, especially when we have to car count the carbs because... Um, part of the liver disease too, and the medications and so forth that they take. You know, you it it affects your insulin as well. Mm -hmm. So he has been, you know, on various levels of, you know, requiring insulin inject injections. Being, you know, diabetic. Is one time his pancreas wasn't 
you know, uh, uh, producing any insulin. And um, he's managing that very well now, but I would try to tell these nurses that, you know, I think that's a little <laughs> bit too much. <laughs> Even yeah, you so knew. They would quickly learn, you know, what I was and who, you know, what I was doing and my profession and so forth. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he being a good, is he being a good patient? Now? Oh yeah. Yes. I, I mean, he, he always has been, um, but we all enjoyed eating, you know, and I think with his job, you know, he's, he's having to take clients out for, for mm. lunch. And, you know, so I think it's those types of opportunities that really do make it hard for a lot of people to, to eat healthy. Uh, it's, you know, we're supersize, you know, <sighs> make it taste good, add whatever you need to, to make that happen. And, you know, I think we're, we're starting as a profession to make some changes in that area with, you know, all of the available options now with, Healthier food. Healthier yeah, healthier options. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, that's a whole nother future for dietitians, I yeah. think, to make an impact. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, speaking of food, I've got some fun questions for you. Okay. So you've answered all these serious questions. Now you yes. can answer some fun questions. Good. What is your favorite food? <laughs> um, I've, I've gone through some stages in my life, and I think it will always go back to one of the very first things that I ever enjoyed in recovery from my eating disorder, and that would be Great Plains Pizza. <laughs> so is it a restaurant in Ames? Oh yeah. yeah. It's in it, it has the best wheat, thick crust pizza. And you know, it was, I don't wanna, it was intimidating. When oh, to go eat that. To go eat that, mm -hmm. you know, that new in recovery, but Oh my goodness, and it is delicious. Yeah. Do you treat yourself that time? Oh yeah, we, yes. we just ate there last weekend. Oh good. <laughs> well, what a positive thing to come out of recovery. Right. right. But, but you know, I will go through phases like I, you know, I love a good baked bean and I love, you know, a good barbecue. But um, it'll always, I think, go back to Great Plains Pizza. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your least favorite food? Alfalfa sprouts. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I don't really care for them that much either. I've never liked them. Yeah. And yeah. they always make me nervous with the oh yeah health risk and yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know, and there aren't, there aren't a whole lot of vegetables that or you know, healthy quote unquote things that I don't like or won't try, but I'm, I'm not fond of avocados. Mm. Um, yeah. That's okay though. I'll eat. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten to that point where I'm like, ah, it's okay if I don't like it. That's Even right. if it is healthy, That's I don't right. like it. Exactly. Right. Right. What's your favorite drink? Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> yes. yes. What's your least favorite drink? some I mean and I know it's quite the trend now to have you know different smoothies with some spinach and things in it but I'm just not very fond of them like vegetables you don't like vegetables, vegetables. in your smoothies if I'm gonna yeah. drink it it's got to be a fruity mm -hmm. and I know that you can you know do some great stuff with bananas and mangoes and strawberries and throw some spinach, spinach in there. there right but so if it leans more on the vegetable side I Pass. No, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite smell? Eucalyptus. 
I've never, I, someone else said that and I've never, there's like fields of eucalyptus isn't yes. there in California and, and such. My mom, that was her thing was eucalyptus. Hmm. And I don't know if it's related to that or maybe, right. You know, huh. I, I, my mom has been gone for 24 years. She, she passed away when I was in college, but yeah, that's, that is one of my favorite. If I want to smell something, that's it. That's what you want to smell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's your least favorite smell? <laughs> Feet. Feet. <laughs> that's a bad smell. You had a boy too, so. Oh, you know what? And that just, his soccer bag. <laughs> Oh dear, Horrible. those shin guards would just get the most, and then he'd take his shoes and his shin guards off, you know, in the back of the car. And oh, go, you're like, whoa. Oh, jeez, just leave them off. <laughs> Keep them back on until we get out of the car. But you know, now I just, I wish I could smell that. Yeah. You know, because that would mean that we were having a great weekend. In the same place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What brings you joy in your life? Family. Family. You said that earlier too. Mm -hmm. And I thought yeah. that definitely would be your answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you have a beautiful family. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I talked with your daughter today and yeah. I was telling Catherine I hadn't seen her in so long. And she's like a whole another person since yeah. last time I've seen her. So, mm -hmm. well, thank you for spending time with me on your oh, weekend and, and chatting with me today. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I am so lucky to have crossed paths professionally with Catherine. She seriously has successfully overcame many trials in her life and has found the perfect life-work balance. My favorite story about Catherine is when we were traveling together for work. It was later in the evening and the plane was completely dark. She was sitting in her seat with her headphones on, listening to music and creating Zumba classes for her fitness community. That is Catherine, loving every minute of her life, even when she is working late on a dark plane. I wanna thank Jolly Time Popcorn for providing my guests with snacks and samples. Jolly Time has healthy pop popcorn that is available in a variety of flavors and sizes, all of which are low in fat and high on deliciousness. Did you know that just three cups of Jolly Time Popcorn equals one whole grain serving? Jolly Time is family owned. It's located right in Iowa in Sioux City. And if you want to learn more, visit jollytime.com for more information and print high value money saving coupons. Continue to snack smarter and snack happy with Jolly Time popcorn. Please go over to annelizabethrd.com where my book, I'm Registered Dietitian Now What, is available. And you can find all the show notes and links to things that we talked about and connect with me. Let me know what you think of the podcast or anything that I'm doing on Twitter and Instagram at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day and start a conversation that truly matters. 